This episode of our podcast is brought to you by Doolaban Insurance. If you live in Ontario, Canada, and are looking for the best price and coverage for your Tesla, give Doolaban a call at 1-855-385-4226 or visit their website at doolabaninsurance.com slash Tesla. Hey everyone, welcome again to another edition of the Tesla Owners Online Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Page, and look, I'm with Ian. I'm in his lair. <laughs> Uncle Trevor in the house. In the house. We've been having some fun. Uh, we had some dinner and stuff. The ladies are upstairs still having a good time. Joining us again from Florida is Mr. Eric Camacho. How are you doing, Eric? Hello, gentlemen. Wow. Uh, it was a little touch and go there for a while because we had yeah. a massive storm come through and the power kept cutting in and out. We almost didn't have dinner. No. Almost no. had to cancel the podcast, yeah, but... Uh, the stove shot off like four <laughs> times. It's it not a good scene here. Trying to watch Netflix. That doesn't work either. So nope. no internet, no Netflix. In other words, you basically had a Thursday Florida day. I guess. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's but, scary for us, normal for you. <laughs> so the I'm show will uh, will continue on, so we're happy to be here. Uh, lots of news to talk about. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, looks like Elon has confirmed, kind of, sort of, that... The Model S and X will not have a refresh. And, of course, this has been going on for some time now uh, about a possible refresh. I mean, a lot of indications have been going around. We've talked about it on the show before. Of course, he took to Twitter and responded to someone who had asked whether a uh, Model S or an X refresh was going to happen. He simply answered no. Now, the thing is, you have to understand, though, too, is that Tesla, I mean, in a, and Elon has mentioned this many times in the past, and so does Tesla, that they do continuous updates to the cars. They don't do yeah. a traditional model year like everybody else. They don't do these massive refreshes. Um, it's just continuous updates. So I think if you parse it in the right way, uh, it, it doesn't preclude that they won't do updates. It's just how big are the updates. Um, the other thing, too, is that <laughs> Elon's not going to go on Twitter and say, yeah, we're going to do a refresh. You just don't do that, right? Because you're going to kill your sales, yeah. and you don't want that. So... Obviously, the prudent thing for him to say is no, but the caveat is is that we're still going to make changes to the car. So the biggest thing that's been floating around, of course, is the interior refresh. I mean, uh, I mean, you got both sides of the camp, right? You got a lot of people that say, well, the Model S is a little long in the tooth. It needs an update to keep it fresh. Uh, you know, from a design standpoint, they keep it simple so that it ages a little bit more gracefully. I get that. But then again, you got the Model 3, which is going in a different direction, of course. Uh, you know, the semi-truck has a new interior. Mm-hmm. Model Y has that new interior. So, Something I mean... called a Roadster, I think, has that same interior. Well, the Roadster is its own animal altogether, well, right? It still has that, what looks like an HVAC system in there. But so. it has, you know, the vertical screen as opposed to the horizontal. But anyways... I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. What do you guys think? I mean, is is this is this a, a classic uh, deflection on Tesla's part as far as, you know, we don't want to answer that question quite yet, or is it a definitive no? I mean, I don't believe that no. they're never going to ever touch the interior again, but... Yeah, I, I'm sort of two minds about this myself. So the first thing is we've seen a lot of decisions made by Elon and the team at Tesla that will come out and say, listen, we're going to change our business strategy. We're going to do this. Uh, a very recent example is the conversation about closing a lot of the stores down and reallocating a lot of that personnel, or in some cases, just letting some folks go because they were trying to cut back on some of their expenses. Of course, then there was toilet paper gate and all this crazy other stuff that happened. <laughs> and oh, and toilet paper in, gate. in very short order, uh, that sort of changed where they sort of put the brakes on it and said, okay, we're, we're actually not going to do that. A lot of these stores are going to remain open. And of course, that remains true today. It is, to your credit, Trevor, I think it's, there's a lot of good reason to argue that 
if you were to announce that, yes, we're changing the design of the car in some form or fashion, even if it's being truthful with the stockholders and everybody else, part of it is, is this the umbrella of the SEC watchdog, sort of making sure that there isn't something tweeted that then, of course, sounds the alarms and all of a sudden things start happening in the marketplace. The other part is to your point, which is, are they going to risk hurting their um, upcoming markets, specifically now that we're in Q3, if there are people who are sort of waiting on a potential refresh of a car. Now, that also could benefit the used sale market. It could benefit those who are looking to trade in their cars. So of course, that's a market there that's sort of ripe with opportunity as well. But I still think that the right play here is to be honest. If they are in fact, and again, this is pure speculation, we do not know anything. We're not you know, sort of circumventing this. We're not hiding something from the audience. We really do not know. Uh, but we're just spitballing ideas and theories here. So the theory can say that if he says yes, it sets off a firestorm of questions. If they are being honest and saying no, it may not be the design refresh that's expected to be massive that, um, you know, Fred and other outlets have, right, that have alerted to saying this is what's expected. Again, we've seen a lot of early design renderings that have come out that end up not being the final production models. Even some of the prototype Model 3s we saw in the showcase back in 2016 ended up not being as part of the final design of the car. Little tweaks happen here and there. So. I would, I would sort of caution to the wind and say it's probably not going to be a significant, massive refresh um, a la Model Y, a la Model 3, but there may be some minute changes, enough so that at least makes the cars feel new without being a substantially huge difference from one model year to the next. Very well put, Eric. I think that's yeah. probably the, uh, the best way to put it. I'm still of the mind that they can still do a minor tweak of the interior. Just do the HVAC th uh, thing, uh, do a 17-inch horizontal screen, leave everything else until Like, you're not going to change the seats, leave the doors alone. There's nothing wrong with the rest of the design of the car. But if you just do that, you don't call that a necessary big refresh. It's a small little tweak and stuff. Um, you know, you have to put it in context, too. They just did an update to the SNX recently with the Raven update, so to speak. You know, with the, with the PMAG motor in the front, they updated the suspension. Yeah, you know, that was a pretty mm -hmm. big update. Um, so if they, they tweak a little bit of the interior, that's just a minor little tweak and stuff. So I don't think that would fall under the umbrella of, of a massive refresh. I think when people and the, say... That, and the battery packs could also be updated, too. That also might be something that's minor... So Minor I, I want to talk about not changing the body. But. No, and yeah. I and I want to talk about the battery thing because that is something else that's been floating around. Of course, is they they just updated the Model S. Now it gets 370 miles. Um, I think if they're going to do a new battery pack, um, you know, and of course the scuttlebutt going around is that they may do a 2170 cell. Mm -hmm. I don't think the cell matters at the end of the day. But if they do increase the battery capacity, let's call it 400 miles. I mean. Um, at the shareholder meeting, Elon said it won't be too long before we see 400 miles on the car. I mean, it's only a 30, it's only a 30 mile difference. It's not that much to do. But my personal opinion is that if they do that, that would be largely for potentially maybe even a slight update again to the performance Model 3, right? Because if you get a performance Model 3, let's say they actually do what was been suggested and they go to a dual motor setup in the back. Keep the single motor in the front, do the dual motor thing in the back, much like they did with the Roadster. Why not throw a little bit better battery pack in there so you get, you know, a little bit of buffer for the range and more current and uh, and then call it a day. Um, I'm not suggesting that all of these changes happen simultaneously. I think that's the biggest thing that people are worried about is that like, they're going to do a refresh and then everything changes in the car. I don't think so. I think it's, 
if anything, if we watch Tesla long enough, you know that they have very planned updates as they go. It's like, oh, are they going to do a refresh? And then when they do some kind of, well, refresh, when they do technology change in the car in production, it's they tend to be relatively minor, and they seem to be fairly well paced out and planned. I mean, Tesla's very good at demand lever pulling, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So who knows? Um, I, but if you take Elon at face value, if you're looking at a Model S or an X, take them at face value. It's perfectly safe to go and buy one. I know for me, if I was in a in a position of getting uh, maybe a refreshed Model X or whatever, I would certainly take a Raven car right now. I would actually get a bigger battery pack, but uh, that's just me. Any yeah, and, and mind you, we're, we're going to get to some story later on about uh, what Motor Trend announced earlier uh, in the day. But the big news really is that you have a lot of uh, legacy owners, and I'm using the term legacy in the most respectful way possible, that would tell you they love their cars. I mean, you know, Trevor, you obviously got a an older Model X. Uh, we're, of course, beholden to the Model 3s right now. But there's a lot of folks who have the original nose cone Model S you know, from 2012, 2014, whatever it is, and they love their cars or they wouldn't trade it in. They could easily say, you know what, I've had it. Uh, I, I could certainly get my mileage out of it. I'd be happy to trade up, but no, they love their car. They've done their customizations. Maybe they got a console in the aftermarket, whatever it is, but they love their car. Um, so there's plenty of owners who would say, you know what, you guys can come up with whatever changes you want. This is my car. I love it the way it is. And uh, we'll leave it at that. All right. Well, I think it's time to move on. Uh, let's talk about Model X hits, uh, about a Model X about a hit and run video that went viral. Now, um, this happened to our, our friend, uh, John, who runs the uh, Tesla Silicon Valley um, Owners Club. He literally just got his brand new Model X, he calls it fraud, <laughs> or flawed, flawed yes. 2.0. <laughs> John, if you're watching, great car, I love it. Um, anyway, so he just literally got it about, I think it was two weeks ago, and he was out on the road. And uh, he had his Tesla dash cam running and captured this video of a uh, sideswipe on a uh, pickup truck. And this video went viral because he was asking for help um, through several different news outlets and the internet. And, uh, well, anyways, to make a long story short, the uh, perpetrator was caught, has been charged. Uh, but I think it just shows that more and more of these Tesla cam videos and dash cam videos, sentry mode and stuff, are actually getting out there. And it's actually helping law enforcement to actually catch these uh, these culprits and stuff. So um, I'll I'll put it in post here, and I'll put a link again in uh, in the video in the podcast description. Everything we we talk about it's always linked and stuff, so you can check it out uh, for for yourself. But um, I don't know. Did they mention whether he was drunk or not? There's no mention of that in any of the. I, I read most of the follow up news stories, and there's nothing that alleges that. At first, I think we that was our everyone's first initial reaction. It's like, my God, this person must have been drunk. They couldn't certainly have done that on purpose. But the more you watch it, the more to me, and I think a lot of the, the commenters, you know, that I saw on social media saying, they're like, you know, this looks pretty intentional. You know, there's the rebound uh, of the of the F-150 as it bounces off the X and almost loses control. It sort of, you know, yeah. sways as it goes back down the road. So you could take it either way. But I mean... It, it just seemed astonishing to me that even somebody who was pretty inebriated would be so miscalculated that they try to merge back into the lane right into the side of the uh, the X. Like I, I just don't see it. I, to me, I give it a 80 percent chance just on what I saw as being malicious. Which Distracted is, driving too is also yeah. a possibility. I mean, literally uh, last weekend, uh, my wife and I went to one of our swimming holes that we like to go to, and I was following a truck in front of me, and uh, this guy in an in a minivan was coming in the opposite direction and I, I watched him he was drifting 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 came right in almost right into the lane and the truck in front of me swerved and I pulled off to the shoulder 
And of course, with a comment, my wife was working. She just said, what was that all about? And I said, well, it looks like he was distracted driving. He's on his cell phone. So anyways, uh, life's too important, folks. Put your cell phones down. You don't need to be texting. <laughs> so anyways. And not only, it's not even just that. I mean, I've seen a lot of folks that were just distracted from passengers in their car. Uh, a child spills a drink. A uh, passenger next to the driver's seat is you know, reaching for something. Or you know, you're reaching for your drink and your thing falls down. I mean, any, any method of distraction driving is not good. So uh, do make sure that your eyes are always in the road. Uh, and this is especially true for Tesla drivers. I can tell you that even with autopilot on, uh, my eyes are always glued to the road because the one thing I cannot control is anybody outside of my car. So uh, as, as your video proved, Trevor, uh, you know, that minivan, if you were so much as 25 feet forward from where you were, you know, you, you probably had a more, you know, more reaction from the vehicle at that point. But uh, yeah, I mean, especially on, on a two lane road like that, where there's only there's really just traffic coming at you and you're going, you really have no other way to get well, around it. But uh, that, that's what's key yeah. to this is like I would buy into the distracted driving thing if it was a four lane highway where you had two lanes parallel. And, you know, the yeah. guy or girl, whoever was just kind of looking at their phone and wandered over. I totally see that. No, mm -hmm. this person is pulling out to pass. You're never more alert than when you're pulling out to pass in the oncoming lane, expecting traffic coming at you. You can't tell me that you're distracted at that point by your phone. You've got to be completely conscious of what you're doing. So that's why, really, to me, it looks like this is an intentional act. Yeah. In a subsequent tweet, though, I should mention, and I'll put it up here, that uh, John from the uh, Tesla owner Silicon Valley account uh, had uh, took took to uh, Twitter and asked Elon if there was a possibility of getting higher quality videos uh, down onto the USB stick. Um, it would be super helpful in trying to uh, identify license plates because, I mean, I have a, uh, and I, I tweeted back to John and I suggested, you know, maybe you want to look at the Blackview. I have the Blackview 900S in my Model X, which is a 4K model. And it has a very much, it has a much wider field of view than the Tesla Cam one does. I think part of it right now is that there's a possibility, I mean, Elon did tweet back to him and says he would check on it. So not a definitive statement whether they will or not. It, it is a feed out of the autopilot computer. Uh, how much they can actually improve on it, I don't know. Um, the autopilot computer cameras, the feed that goes into it is largely, from my understanding, and of course this is just my opinion here, just from looking at videos, is that it's heavily skewed and the colors are heavily skewed for it to do image analysis on the ground, not as a dash cam. So it's kind of a, right. uh, a jerry-rig type situation stuff. So anyways, I'm just going to go back and say if you really want a quality dash cam, you've got to look at something third party. Um, I mean, if you want to look at the tweet that I did when the guy came into the lane, that was straight off my uh, my, uh, my Blackview. And it has... Uh, I was gonna say Elon even tweeted a uh, Ben Sullins video from Teslanomics where uh, yeah. at the out the video he shows you uh, the beginning of an accident that was recorded on a dash cam and it happened also the uh, the same camera you're referring to that's in your car. So uh, I'm sure uh, if you guys follow the show enough, we've heard this camera mentioned before. I guarantee you, I don't. Have to, I'm gonna say this before Trevor does. Check the description notes for on YouTube. You'll actually see links to this also in your podcast description for where you can get the product. Yeah. Actually, we're going to jump forward here. I want to talk about uh, another tweet that Elon put out before we get into the other stuff, and it's kind of related to this because it's kind of in the same vein that that, that hopped in here. Um, uh, Kelly Vaughn on uh, Twitter had asked, Hey, Elon, uh, can you add a uh, I'm feeling lucky option and take the driver to a fun surprise adventure? Elon uh, replied and said, well, it would be cool if the car took you to a random fun place traveled by other Tesla owners in the area. Well, very shortly after that, he uh, tweeted back and said, done. Uh, so now there's going to be two buttons. There's going to be an I'm feeling lucky button, mm -hmm. which is going to be a random destination, I'm sure. And the other one is a um, 
what was the emoji? It was like um, something about food, so a random food place. So look for that in a subsequent software update. It shouldn't be too much further, I think. He said it was going to be relatively soon. Let me just see if I can pull it up here. Uh, just to get it right, it says, yeah, it says done. I'm feeling lucky, and I'm feeling, and if you look at the emoji, you know, hover over it, it says delicious food. So it's, it's food related. Uh, navigation button's coming in the next software update. So look for that. All right, the next thing we want to talk about is Tesla Model 3 2019 Car of the Year by Auto Express in the UK. Again, uh, links to all these uh, topics and stuff will be in the podcast the, uh, description. Eric, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about what they, uh, what they found on this? So one of the cool things, we recently had a report of the Tesla Model 3 uh, in Europe actually having five-star crash test ratings all throughout every category they could possibly find. But then it also got added into this news story where uh, it was marked as the car of the year, uh, again, by Auto Express UK. So this is really big news because a lot of times when you're looking at different um, news stories, we're always getting this feedback of, hey, you know, where, where does this car rank in terms of other vehicles? So it's really awesome that we now have another uh, award for the Model 3, uh, which again, just every time there's a new story, it just seems like it's just something better and better for the car. So um, Auto Express reported that with the Model 3, Tesla's proven it can listen to feedback, return to the drawing board and innovate. Uh, it goes on to talk about some of the charging performance of the vehicle, uh, that they're forecasting up to 200 kilowatts. Uh, which is going to be great for the foreseeable future. Uh, and they so it's really kind of a simple review here. Uh, they list other rewards that were given out for other vehicles. Uh, but for the Model 3 to have won the overall car of the year category uh, is nonetheless impressive. And they tested the um, performance car as well. So they even noted that the performance model's 20-inch wheels, the ride is acceptable, controlled, and taut. While the steering doesn't have any feel, the car's dynamics and ability will genuinely surprise you so that's something we've mentioned before i know ian loves to test out that car <laughs> as much as he can so it's no surprise if you ask any one of us first we're going to say it's the best car ever made but uh but it's good to see that um Possibly. other uh, other editorial boards are sort of seeing the same thing yeah um speaking of which motor trend just came out and said the uh, claim that the 2013 model s by consensus is also the ultimate car of the year of course uh mm -hmm. was it motor trend actually it was in 2013 that the model s won the car of the year which was unheard of right first ev ever and of mm -hmm. course that sent tesla's sales skyrocketing in 2013 which is also one of the reasons they delayed the model x for so long because they didn't have the production right. capacity of handling that car so it just goes to show you know that uh even a 2013 model s is still getting accolades on these, I mean, what a beautiful car. I mean, you know. I mean, they're basically saying in their 70-year history, they're making this the number one car ever that they've reviewed. So. Yeah, that, that's, what, that's what pretty more, amazing. What more do you need to know? That's pretty amazing. Because, yeah, basically what they did was it was sort of a compendium. All of the cars that they rated as car of the year since 1949. So they came up with, I think it was 10 finalists. And there's mm -hmm. some pretty cool cars on there, you know, like one of them was, I think it was 1972 Citroen SM. I mean, that was a mind-blowing car back in its day with its pneumatic suspension and all the other stuff. I mean, it was way ahead of the curve. I Dodge Caravan made the list. Yeah. Toyota Prius made the list. Yeah. Yeah. A 55 yeah. Chevy Bel Air made the list. Well, that's a pretty classic car. I see those at the well, car again, shows. Well, again, you know, uh, first major S62, production overhead. S62, Cadillac. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You had a uh, Pontiac GTO, 1968. 68, good year. Yeah. My dad had a 68 Fastback Mustang, my dad had, I mean, also, to its credit, the 2004 Toyota Prius yeah. uh, made that final cut, so good for them. Last time the Prius ever made the list. <laughs> 
Ironically, though, was a, a 96 Dodge Caravan also made the list? Like, well, I don't know about 96, but the Caravan in general was a great game-changing vehicle when it came out Well, when it was launched, yeah, in 84, that would have made yeah. the one to me because that was exactly it. Like, no one had seen anything like, there was no segment for a vehicle like that, and certainly not in North America. Why they picked the 96, I thought, was very peculiar. Um, it's true that generation had a lot of advances over its ancestors, but to me, at that point, it was no longer groundbreaking. There was a lot of competition. So. I think I had a 97, and it was nothing really to write home about. No. Transmission went on it. <laughs> no, and likewise, I mean, I love all years of RX-7, but with why the 86 RX-7? Like, Must be something. Yeah, I would have picked the original. The first yeah. year. RX-7 was quite of an interesting car, you know, with a wankled rotor engine. Very cool. Never really went anywhere, but... It's just fun to say Wanker Rotary. Wanker Rotary Engine. Lovely. All right, moving along. I want to talk about the Chatamo adapter because finally, 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 it's Whoa! finally available for the Model 3. It actually works on the Model 3. Now, there is a caveat, though. You well, need supposedly. a... Yes. Allegedly. Yes, allegedly. Um, now, for those of you who have been following, of course, uh, right now, up until now, the only uh, charging systems you could use... In North America on the Model 3 has been the supercharger network. Now, in Europe, of course, because they put a CCS adapter in there, it's a different animal We're altogether. We're talking about DC high-speed charging. Yes, exactly. So in Europe, it's a different animal because it comes with a CCS port, so it's already supported over there. Uh, but for us in North America, the only other option is CCS, which we don't have an adapter for. So the only other one that Tesla's made up until now for the S and the X has been the Chatamo adapter. Chatamo, by the way, is a transliteration of the, China, of the Japanese charge in motion or charge demotion. That, anyways, it, that's... It's a transliteration. That's where the Chatamo comes from. Anyways, uh, so that adapter's been available for a number of years. Uh, I think it sells for 450 US. Anyway, so it just popped up uh, again on the uh, Model 3 charging subsection on shop.tesla.com. And the little note that said in there that it was not compatible with the Model 3 has finally been removed. It says uh, all models of Tesla. All models of Tesla. Um, however, we since found out that there is a software update. So there's another firmware update that needs to come out for the cars. It's 2019-24.1 or .2. Right? I don't exactly one. the numbers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that is supposed to be rolling out sometime in the near future. Now, the big update that went out yesterday was 20. Dot four dot one. That's the one. Okay, so anyway, people were thinking that's what it was. No Still, so, yeah, no dice yet. So, anyways, uh, we've checked with a few other people. James Locke is a friend of mine who also checked with a service technician. You check with a service technician. So uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed. This is an opportunity we might be able to get it. And if we do, Ian and I will go and test it because I happen to have my Chatham adapter with me. Mm -hmm. Because uh, Chatham is pretty popular here in Quebec, so uh, we'll have a, yeah, we an have, opportunity to go and test it out. We got like a 400 Chatham locations at last. It's count, big. Like it's that, big. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, is most of those cabinets are dual, right? So you have yeah. Chatham and CCS. So you have Correct. kind of both, right? You can yeah. only use one at a time. Yeah. But at least you have both connectors on there. I think personally, mm -hmm. this is my personal opinion here. <sighs> From a cost perspective, I think it makes more sense to Tesla to offer us in North America a CCS adapter for all of the cars, much like they make the CCS adapter for the S and the X in Europe, because CCS is is the new standard. I mean, Chatmo is a Japanese thing. It's Nissan and a couple others that, that still use it. Um, but CCS is absolutely taking over. So I think it makes more sense for them to actually support CCS. The adapter would be cheaper, only a couple hundred bucks maybe. Um, but... 
it's priorities, right? This is why it's it's taken so long. I also found out that uh, the reason, one of the reasons it took so long is that they had to validate it against a number of different charging systems and stuff. So um, if they were to do the same thing with CCS, it wouldn't surprise me that there would be some delays or some other testing involved with that. So anyways, if you want it, go ahead and order it, uh, but uh, just be aware that there's a software update you need to make it work. And uh, as soon as I get my hands on it, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll report back. I'll do a video on it. And you guys can see what it's all about. But again, personal opinion, I think CCS, you, you would be better off anyways, uh, just from a, a cost perspective. Yep. Because the, the thing is, in North America, you have to remember, Chatamo, the Tesla adapter, is limited to 50 kilowatt. Yeah. So, yeah, it's faster than level two. It's not supercharging speeds, of course, uh, but at least it's faster than level two. So if you're out in the boonies and you need a fast charge, you get the Chatamo, you can get uh, up to 50 kilowatt, which is better than your level two, which is going to be 10 or 11 on average so it is definitely you know anywhere three to five times faster so it's better than nothing but it's not like ccs what they're getting in europe which model 3 supports up to 120 kilowatt so pretty big uh, pretty big difference there so i will uh, i do want to add one thing before we move on uh sure. for those of you who are uh friends of the show that live in the gulf coast here in the u.s uh so you're basically neighbors of mine in next to florida uh, my thoughts are with you. For those of you that are uh, about to get Tropical Storm Barry uh, this Ooh. coming uh, weekend, uh, the major thing to pay attention to is while it is, uh, at the time we're taping the show, winds are about 45 miles per hour. So it's not a major storm. The threat is obviously with water. So there's already a lot of flooding in the southeast, uh, specifically in Louisiana and Mississippi. Uh, so if you're in the area, our thoughts are with you. Uh, please stay safe. Uh, follow the warnings for your local authorities. Uh, if you are asked to evacuate, please do so. Uh, nothing is more important in your life. Not any amount of property is as important as you. Uh, so again, just making sure that if you guys do follow the show, we hope that this maybe provides a little bit of uh, hope and smiling uh, for you guys down there. But again, if you are in the, the Gulf Coast region, just please monitor the weather, uh, listen to your local authorities, and be safe. Stay safe. FineLab has aligned protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. FineLab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at FineLab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. Fine Lab and Tesla, we were meant for each other. All right, so time in the show where we get to answer your viewer questions. Uh, today, because I was, I was traveling on the road, I didn't get a chance to really put out a proper tweet, but uh, we used uh, last week's forum where you could submit your questions. So if you ever want to submit questions for this show, you have to do it on Twitter. So just watch for the day of the show or sometimes the night before I put out a tweet with a Google form where you can fill in and send us the uh, viewer and listener questions. All right, so the first one comes from La Petite Guerrière. This is directed to you, Ian. Yes. So she's asking about valet mode. When activated, you walk away with your phone, so the attendant will need a key card, right? Correct. You will need to give your key card to the attendant, precisely. And I have found, I have done this on a few occasions, I don't know if you gentlemen have, but the first thing you want to do is you want to give them a little course in how it works, because we're still at the stage, we're in a lot of areas, uh, some parking attendants have never seen a Model 3. I mean, I brought mine to New York City last year, and I would have figured, God, they must have seen a thousand of them by now. Nope. 
not 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 the case. They still needed to be shown exactly what to do with the uh, with the key. So that's something you want to do. Just briefly show them how this works, how to get the car in gear. Just give them like a quick 10 second rundown. Assuming they've never seen one. If you obviously, if the uh, valet is comfortable with the car, so much the better. But yeah. You ever want to hear about the story about Ken and I? <laughs> the first time we we had a chance. Uh, this was uh, in September 2017. We got our hands on one of the very first Model 3s, and uh, the owner took us out to a restaurant, and uh, we had to do the valet thing. So we gave him the key, gave him a little tutorial. His eyes was like he'd never seen this car before. So, anyways, make a long story short. After dinner, we got back in the car and started to do some filming, and uh, we were like, "Why is the car so slow?" <laughs> Like what happened to it? Well, I looked at the screen. We still we left it on valet mode, so uh, <laughs> we had a little okay. chuckle over that. So we forgot to take it out of valet mode. So don't forget, if you get your Model Three and use valet mode, you have to disable it with the pin. Uh, otherwise, you're not going to get the fun factor. So, anyways, which you, uh, you can do from your app. That's right, exactly. All right. So next question comes from Jesse. Says uh, now that Tesla offers a tow hitch for Model Three, does, uh, does installing an aftermarket hitch void the warranty now we had a little bit of a discussion about this before the show so the bottom mm -hmm. line is ian yeah the general certainly in uh in the us of a and to some degree in canada the onus is on the manufacturer to prove that whatever service uh, you've had done or whatever part you've installed in the vehicle is the cause of a problem so if you went to a tesla store and claim and they claim that there was some issue with the fact that you had installed a tow hitch and that was you know, causing the problem that you're in for service, then you would have to say to them, really? Okay, well, it's up to you guys then to tell me what the problem is. So the, the consumer in this case, the vehicle owner, has a lot of rights in terms of being able to do service, install parts, accessorize their vehicle, and it does fall on the manufacturer to prove that whatever you've done to the car is the cause of the problem. Now, if it's something really obvious, you know, you go and drill holes in the car all over the place and oh. it's causing corrosion, yes, it's an open and shut case. They're going to be able to go to a small claims court with you, whatever, and say, look, you drilled a hole in the car, the hole is rusting, it's pretty obvious the cause is the hole, right? But in the case of something like a trailer hitch, if it's correctly installed and everything is done, you know, uh, to, the, to the T, to the letter, then there shouldn't really be an issue with it. Should mention the one tow hitch that I'm aware of until Tesla offers something aftermarket is the Eco Hitch. It's uh, made by a company called Torquelift Central. You can buy it in a variety of different places. It is a no drill installation. So basically, you take the back fascia off, the bumper comes off, and it gets sandwiched. It's a plate, and it goes on to the four bolts where the large bumper in the back of the car is installed so it's largely you can do it yourself you can get professional installation on it but there's no drilling involved there's no alteration of the car other than cutting a small access hole in the uh, bottom black diffuser for the um for the hitch receiver to go in other than that i mean you can't you know if you drill a hole in your body panel it's not a warranty thing right so anyways uh wait what's this we seem to oh, hold, up, hold on hold on we got an interruption my what's, what's Ooh. This is turning into hello. This is Beverly, my wife. Uh, hello, say hi to the viewers, Beth. Oh no, she's just delivering chocolates today. Chocolate. 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 More baking. I see chocolate. N I want to see you do it with the raspberry though. Okay. I know you right. love raspberries. Okay, are we going right. in? Only All a right. mouthful. Okay. It's just a. It's so it's this, a. This, by the way, is fantastic audio. If you are listening to the show on a podcast, you are missing out. Please. Go to YouTube and watch us later yeah. on. As, as we say, really eat brownies. Food. Brownies. Nutella. With... Nutella. Nutella. Double chocolate frosted brownies. 
One bite special. One bite special. Thank, courtesy of my wife, Beverly. Thank you, dear. It's weffer thin. So we're going to call this the brownie episode now? The brownie episode, the, yes, exactly. The brownie. The che- brown. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, everyone. That is such a bad idea. That is such a nom, bad nom, idea. Nom, 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 nom. Oh, my gosh. Go. Mm. Why I don't weigh 300 pounds is beyond me. I still don't understand. I don't know how you do it, dude. I mean, if I had a woman like that baking stuff like that for me every night, no. I, I, mean, I definitely look like Mr. Creasel. If you're, if you're just listening to the podcast, I have a new treadmill now. I'm actually training for uh, a marathon at Disney in January, so I'm running a lot more now. I can't even eat half the crap these guys eat all the time. So I Sorry. look younger. People ask me, well, people people ask me, uh, I had a lady the other day said, so um, if I may, you look pretty young. How old are you? And I said, well, I'm 41. I'll be 42 in the fall. And she's like, how is that humanly possible? <laughs> You have Sorry, you have a great water. head of hair. Um, you just you have a young face. What is it? I said, well, look. I said I've got rosacea on my skin. Um, I've got celiac disease. I've got a, a plethora of medical concerns. But you know what, though, if the one thing I got going good for me is I look younger than most people my age, I will take it. <laughs> As Fernando used to say, darlings, it is much more important to look good than to feel good. And you know what? Right. You, you look, look marvelous. marvelous. There's the show. Uh, There's the show title right there. You, know, you, <laughs> you look, look marvelous. marvelous. Oh my god, better All than right. brownies. But um, so continuing on, uh, we had our friend uh, Teron ask, even with Elon's tweet about no refresh coming on S and X, but normal incremental changes only, would you expect a dash, HVAC, and horizontal screen to be such a change that could be accomplished and within the framework of his comment? Well, again, so that's going sort back... of back what we talked about. Yeah. Exactly, and. I, you know what? I think if you just do the HVAC thing and the screen, that could be considered a minor update. I mean, if you don't touch the seats, you don't touch anything else in the car. Look, look at in the Model X, uh, as long as you don't touch the seats and you don't touch anything else inside the car, I mean, it's not that big of a change, in, in all honesty, in my personal opinion. Um, mm-hmm. we, I mean, most of the big changes have all been under the hood, of course, with, with, the, with the Raven update. So, is that enough for me to upgrade? Probably not. I mean, if they if they're willing, because you've asked this before on Twitter, as far as when you can get the the computer update for your car. Oh, if, yeah. If, you know, if, but I'm saying, but if that alone was something that they could do, then for you, you're like, hey, I'm 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 set for a long time. I'm good for a I, while. I have to pl- I have to weigh it out. Like I have to look at the situation and say, okay, the Raven update. It's fantastic. If I was in the market, I would certainly get that. Um, if there's no changes to the interior of the HVAC system and stuff, which I still believe is going to happen, it's just a matter of time. Um, but if they change, I mean, obviously, if you buy a new computer, a new car, you get the new MCU. Elon had made a, a, a you know, not, um, he made illusions last year that there would be possibly an MCU upgrade. Uh, right now, I'm kind of giving up on that. It's, it's not happening. Is it worth me? spending all the money to <laughs> to sell my car to upgrade just to get the new MCU? No, because I don't play the games, and that's the only thing that would really interest me. Yeah, the map's a little bit faster, but everything else is just kind of gravy. So uh, it's not worth it for me at this point. I know for me, if I was spending the money, the next time around, I would get the bigger battery. Uh, at the time, it was $20,000 more. It was not $20,000 I had lying around just to get a little bit bigger battery. But buying a, uh, potentially a Performance Model X... And getting the free ludicrous, which is still in play as far as I know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Not in position right now. we, we got a roadster to contend with in the next couple of years, so i got to save it for that still. Anyways, moving on. 
and, re- and retirement at some point. Too. Uh, well, yeah, that's the other thing too. It can't be spending a lot of money if you're going to be retiring. So yeah. Uh, I mean, is... if, if by all accounts, though, you'll be well fed in retirement, so there's no problem there. <laughs> well, at least for the you sweet stuff. No, I will not starve. That's for sure. You know. That's right. Yeah. If it was up to my wife, she'd open a bakery in retirement. But that's a, a story for another day. Uh, what are we down here? Last question of the evening. No, two more. Uh, from our friend two Steve. More. Steve. Steve asks. Uh, it seems that FSD gets its speed limit from a database because it misses several speed reductions around my house. Is this your experience? Um, it's all over the map. Yeah, um, I've seen the same thing. Yeah, well, we happen to know that the speed is not read by the cameras. Now, my Lincoln before... Not, not yet. Not yet, or not yet, can. because it can be trained to do this, but yeah. it's not mm-hmm. um, It's not in the books yet. So I believe that the speed largely comes from uh, the Google Maps that are in the car. Um, but other than that, um, you know, it, it's, it's just a matter of training the, the system. I think... Ultimately, it has to be part of FSD to be able to read the street signs, yeah. um, to be able to determine much more. I mean, it's not you, it's not enough to see just street lights. You have to see construction zones. You have to see pylons. You have to everything I mean, there's a regular a driver of, would. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not optional. It has to be able it, to interpret all these things. Exactly. So that's a matter of that. Um, I will suggest this, and I don't know whether it works or not. But if you do find a discrepancy in the speed. Press the voice button, say bug report, and just say the speed is incorrect in this particular location. It should be this. Hopefully, Tesla will get that, and maybe they can implement that and make some fixes into their um, into their Google Maps database if they have that ability. I don't even know at this point. So, that's it best is we can very do. impressive, though, the number of times I've been driving my car, whether I'm using uh, autopilot or not, and I'm driving through, and the speed limit might go from 45 posted to 55. And within a fraction of a couple of seconds after I pass a sign, it's changed on my screen. Mm-hmm. So it it, do, it it does make people There's believe the going car on. is actually seeing it. Yeah. So so there is a lot of good data there. Um. But yeah, you're right. There has been there have been times even I've done a bug report because the speed limit might reduce from 45 to 40. The car is not acknowledging the change. Uh, and again, where the car gets its data from a number of different sources, but a lot of it is drivers telling the the Tesla team, hey, this actually is not correct. Make sure yeah. you guys change that. I think my biggest bugaboo right now, because I did a road trip to come down to Ian's today in this area, and I'm still getting the odd occasion of phantom braking. I had a couple of instances of it today on autopilot, mm-hmm. and um, I used the bug report feature. I was pretty mad at the time I said some choice words, so I apologize, Tesla. <laughs> I had one this week. I almost never get them, and it's weird. It's like I get more of them the older the car gets. Like it, it, The first six months I had the car, it was like a, a non-existent event for me. And now I'm getting like um, one or two a month. Yeah. Well, the unique thing is with all the uh, we've seen now a number of different software updates and very short time frames. And it could very well be that the software bugs are, that they're fixing for something else could be having some code that's creeping in here, and all of a sudden now it's leading some problems. So, if the I'll, team I'll is just getting the report, I'm sh- yeah, they'll look into it. But I mean, I, I'm sort of with you. I've I've had some really odd behavior from time to time with my car. Uh, the other day I was driving, um, I know, um, our friend Michael Tesla Tunity had reported this and I've also had this problem too, of like the blind spot, all of a sudden now it, it can't see anything like on, on a sunny day, it just all of a sudden doesn't want to work. So there's all kinds of weird problems. Just report it, use the talk to your car feature, uh, and just submit the report. That way the data gets submitted to Tesla and they can look at it. Okay. 
Uh, last question of the evening comes from Drew. He says, what are your thoughts on a tiered pricing schedule for full self-driving? Example, seven dollars to $10,000 for personal use FSD, then a Tesla network fleet price FSD. Uh, he says, pricing for FSD for everyone at the investment level, thirty-five dollars to $50,000, will easily double the price of the vehicle. Uh, this would limit most families who are already Tesla stretched. Whoops, our screen just disappeared. Um, in the world's safest vehicles. Um, you know, it's funny, I was kind of thinking about that. Now, we do know that Elon did say that a subscription service to FSD would be a possibility once the fleet comes on board. So right now, it's still early days. I mean, they're kind of fronting the whole thing right now. If you want to buy FSD, you kind of have to cough up the money to get into it. Um, I don't know. What are your What are your thoughts, Ian? Um, I thought this was pretty rational. I mean, if it winds up that that's where it goes, if, the, if, if FSD gets priced to factor in the commercial value of the fact that the vehicle can come become a robo taxi it's going to become very expensive and i completely understand this what if you didn't want to you know give your car out as a robo taxi i'm not convinced i would want to myself you know it's Me kind neither. of like it's my baby no, i'm not doing it <laughs> no exactly i'll buy another car to do that correct i had the same thought you know buy an sr plus whatever put that thing in absolutely make it work for you but yeah but my this is my child this thing so, yeah, what if you're that person now, and in a few years, when FSD hits this crazy price point because of its commercial value, but you want to buy it for private use? So, yeah, it should almost be kind of like softwares, right? There's private use, like a single-user license type of thing, and mm -hmm. then there's, like, multi-user commercial level where it's a different license price. I don't see why they couldn't do something like that. It makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I think over time it'll be more of a, subscri a subscription service. I mean, they will largely have... I mean, I could see a day where they will offer a car not only just leasing, but also... An FSD purchase plan is mm -hmm. similar to leasing in the sense that, of course, at the end you've got to turn the car, but it bundles everything. Maybe supercharging, maybe some FSD and stuff uh, in there, uh, you know, a tiered fee for the Tesla Robo Network type of things. Uh, I mean, it's still early days. I mean, they're still fleshing out a lot of the stuff. I mean, you know, hopefully next year we'll, we'll get some more color on that once they... Uh, they talk about uh, what their progress is. Again, it's still very early days. I mean, we're not going to be at level four and level five for a while. I mean, they may be feature complete in a sense from Tesla saying, mm -hmm. you know, we think we got most of this sorted out, but edge cases are everywhere. And I think it's still going to be a while. Of course, regulation says... That's, you know. that's the big unknown. Yeah. I don't have a hard time believing in a year or two that they can get 99.9% .9 of the edge cases done, but the regulatory angle, you know, is going to be a bit sticky in some areas. Well, the thing the thing I want to add here, and I sort of I sort of want to make a, a thought experiment in uh, this way. So Paris earlier uh, this week had announced that they now have uh, a law that they're going to be moving forward with, where you don't have cars in the city during the week. They only can be driven on weekends because they're trying to get their carbon emissions down. Uh, there's also been some reports of uh, the Tesla team thinking long term of actually reducing production of their vehicles because once they have enough cars produced to do robo-taxi for ownership and so forth, the idea is not to flood the market with single drivers. The goal is to have cars that can be used for multi-purpose, multiple owners, multiple drivers. So it begs the question at that point, can that be a viable thing? I mean, again, it's, it's long-term speculation about what Tesla's gonna do, uh, but, the, uh, but pricing the pricing would have, would have to, to somehow be planned on what their ultimate number of vehicles they're targeting on the road. Are they looking at a million electric vehicles in their fleet? Are they looking at 500,000 vehicles? I mean, we're obviously close to that number, uh, you know, pretty soon, especially when, Mod when Model Y gets out, we're, we're gonna, oh. we're gonna right. soar past all those figures. But I mean, more. again, it, right, but you know, it does, it does kind of make us speculate how much is too much. 
Uh, so it's not just a cost perspective, but it's also just how many cars on the road. Because the last thing you need is are a number of cars not being driven. Because either they're unaffordable, because FSD just becomes priced out of the market, uh, because most people don't want to own cars anymore, because now we're seeing a lot of people uh, gravitating towards large cities. So maybe a lot of folks don't even own cars anymore uh, using public transit instead. So there's a lot, a lot of things to kind of start thinking about uh, in the next five to 10 years as we get towards um, you know, certain cities passing legislation that limits how many drivers there are to begin with. Uh, so that that might kind of put a cog in the wheel, uh, you know, you know what I mean. You know what the damn what thing mean. is. Yeah. It's, it, it puts a it puts a wrench in the machine as to what might happen. I, I think I, I think it's worth mentioning. Um, you know, Elon had said has been saying recently that you know Model Three is an appreciating asset, and you kind of scratch your head and think, well, how isn't a car really an appreciating asset unless it's a classic car? And I will say. Anecdotally, what I've been doing lately is I've been going on to used car websites and just searching for Model 3s and stuff. And at least at the asking price level, that they are holding their value exceptionally well at this point. Now, whether mm -hmm. they sell for that, who knows? So it's kind of curious to you know to see. And I think the the body metric is down the road once FSD comes on and that you can actually buy one of these cars, put it in the fleet. That that changes the game considerably, provided they can actually pull it off. But anyways. To make a long story short, I'm just kind of throwing this out there in the sense that, you know, from what Elon is saying, um, I don't know if it's just a, a case of people just over asking what the cars are worth or taking into account the, you know, the federal tax credit, maybe pocketing that. I don't know what the situation is. But uh, anyway, it's just an observation that I've seen lately because mm -hmm. every so often I like to go and just see what cars are worth these days, including my own, just for. But, but your observation is, is not. A sole thing. I mean, I've seen a number of people across different markets in Canada and the U.S. say the same thing, where it's kind of like, go, just do the experiment yourself. If you don't believe Trev, uh, check in your market, you know, on Auto Trader or whatever it is you want to use. And yeah, the prices are way up there. Um, yeah. Considering that you can order a new one and have it delivered, you know, within a couple of weeks, I'm kind of amazed by that. It bodes well for the future resale value. It, it's car. interesting because I see a lot of comments because, you know, I'm, I'm going on, on our forum and then we check what's going on on Facebook and Twitter and stuff. But invariably what happens when somebody puts one of these cars on sale, you immediately get the price shaming come on board, right? Everybody price shames everybody. And it's just like... Who cares about what price they ask? I mean, why do you have to shame them? The car is going to sell at the price it's going to sell. Uh, you don't have to go mm -hmm. to these 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 metrics. But the thing is, is that the thing that keeps coming back all the time is, well, I can buy a new one for this. Why are you asking for this? It's supposed to be depreciating asset. Anyways, just an observation. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm not in the market and, and, selling and I think part of it, I think part of it, too, is if you go to Tesla's website and you look at the Model 3s that are available for sale uh, in yep. the youth market, um, or even some of the new ones that were like test drive cars that are, you know, never had an Inventory. owner. You know, the, the numbers are up there too. But, you know, I always tell people, imagine if you're looking at any car that you're finding online that's an electric vehicle, you got to consider your tax savings the person had when they bought the car. You got to figure out your gas savings, maintenance savings, and other things. So while you might be paying more for a car, this is like any other electric car. It's overall, what is the benefit of having an electric vehicle? And when you start adding it up and you see this, you know, a lot of us have put numbers on Twitter and social media and other sites where we're talking about, here's what I saved in my first year of ownership uh, between not having oil changes, not having, you know, fluid changes and, you know, on the, the list goes on, you know, you, people start going, wow, that's a lot of money you've saved. I mean, you've seen, we've seen people save well over $5,000 in their first year of ownership. 
So, which again, we've, we've seen the inflated numbers sometimes on Tesla's website with, you know, here's your overall savings, which of course they don't do anymore um, by default. But, but again, that, that is something that can happen. So, it, and I would argue, I would also be very curious now to see, because a lot of people, like I have a first production Model 3. That car has a lot of things in it that you cannot get anymore in a car today. You can't get, for example, the uh, internet for free. I'm grandfathered in, so I'm, I'm never paying for internet capability mm -hmm. uh, for the premium services. Um, I have the longer range battery. You know, I just there's certain things I got with my car that you can no longer get. So for some people, they're willing to pay a little bit more money to get, you know, the benefits of having basically the off the line car. I've noticed it right when I pulled into Ian's driveway. His neighbor just got a Kona EV. So it's 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 starting to get around. You mentioned there's somebody with the dual motor Model Three in his neighborhood as well. So it's starting. Oh, yeah, the the number of EVs in my neighborhood, I would say, in the last year has doubled easily, and it's like going up every week. And he has he has two EVs. He's got a Model Three. He's got a Chevy a Volt as well. We the OG EV people in this neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> represent. <laughs> yep. Well, that pretty much brings us to the end of the show. A little bit shorter than normal, but that's okay. We got things to do and stuff yes. and people to see. So Eric, since you're on the screen, what do you want to plug today? Uh, you know what? I just want to thank all of our sponsors, supporters, everyone else. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter. Uh, if you can't see it because you're listening to the show, if you're on YouTube, you can see it here in the corner. Uh, my handle is ECFix on Twitter. You can find me there on social media. Uh, but if you are listening to the podcast, uh, thanks so much for tuning into the show. We hope you like it, favorite it. Uh, like, subscribe, then unsubscribe and resubscribe. Get our numbers <laughs> up. That'd be fantastic. Leave comments. Just do it. You know, just do it. Tell your friends. Hey, just like it. Unsubscribe it. Do it again. Do it five times, ten times. Give, it, give us a good uh, review on it, iTunes. That helps out too. Yeah. Think of it. Think of it as a gift for your kids. that will be forever lasting. Your love just goes <laughs> wow. on forever. Uh, and if anything, uh, if you, and I probably will throw this out there, if you do make a request, if you leave a comment on iTunes, uh, we'll see if Travel Select a lucky winner. Maybe Beverly can make a treat. And it could be sent to you if you live in the Canada. I don't want to. I don't want to like have you know treats sent to like you know way overseas in Europe. But if you live if you live in Canada, <laughs> you're because postage is not so expensive shipping out of Canada. If you live in Canada and leave a comment on iTunes, just maybe you'll get a special treat from Beverly. That's I'm throwing a, it out there. I'm not, this is not even provoked. I'm just on a win. There you go. <laughs> That's a good Enticing idea. Our, our listeners. Great there idea. We might be able to pull that off. All right, Ian. Since you're sitting beside me, you're next, buddy. What do you want to talk about? Uh, all right. Well, you can certainly find me uh, on Twitter at Ian Pavelko. Don't worry about the spelling because I'm sure Trevor will put that in the Always. show notes. Exactly. You can find me at Tesla Owners Online. The handle is Mad Hungarian. So if you're looking to get any technical questions answered, specifically wheels and tires, that's generally one of the things that I can answer. That's in your wheelhouse. Isn't my it? wheelhouse. I hate saying that's such <laughs> oh, a dad oh my joke. God, that's it. Goodbye. So <laughs> dad joke. But uh, yes, in the wheelhouse. So yeah, you can find me there. Just just tag me. Oh no, we've lost. Eric, he's gone. Oh, that's okay. Look what you've done. So, yes. And then uh, finally, if you're looking for some quality EV wear, we have the um, Mad Hungarian Evolve Wear store uh, at Teespring, T E E Spring.com. Just uh, look up Mad Hungarian while you're in there and you will stumble upon the uh, fabled um, Evolve Wear shirts, the originals, and as well as the WMAs. And uh, yes, I promise you, people waiting for the Model Y shirt in about a week's time, you will have access to ordering that. Yes, you heard it here. I'm now committed. I can no longer run. I can no longer hide. Y shirt's coming soon. Awesome. Uh, links will be in the video description as usual. I'm representing Front Puck. Hey, Earl. How you he doing, is, buddy? Yes. I love your shirt tonight. 
So anyways, uh, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on uh, Twitter. Very active there. The handle's at Model3Owners. Check out the forum at Model3... Model3Owners Club again. You see, that still works. Yeah, Tesla Owners Online. My handle's Trev P there. want to say a big thanks to our sponsors, the guys at Evanex, uh, Dulavan Insurance, and the great guys at Fine Lab Ceramic Coatings. Keep your car nice and clean, folks. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for watching and listening, no matter where you happen to be. See ya. Bye. <laughs>